This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing, I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And just like that, the third international break of this Premier League campaign passes. As always, Jamie Castle was following England. Jamie, how was your, your week off Premier League action? Yeah, unlike a lot of people, um, love it. I saw Kieran's fist bump there to you saying that the international break was over. But I had, I had a great time. Um, only a few hours fresh off a flight back to Luton from Skopje. Um, three nights out there, somewhere I never thought I'd go. Following England, Macedonia, um, yeah, it was an experience. I always love going to these rogue places. And uh, one more ground ticked off. That's my hundred eighth ground in the world I've done now. Um, so Operation Two Hundred is in full force. Um, yeah, but no, obviously the game got in the way of of a great weekend. But the 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 the, the weekend outside of the football was was yeah excellent. And Kieran Robertson, like me, I'm not as into the international breaks as Jamie is. How are you? Yeah, not bad. It's quite funny that I fist pumped whilst sat wearing an England shirt. But yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I was not watching any of Southgate ball over the last two games. So don't ask me a single question about how we played. Quite frankly, not that asked. Um, but yeah, feeling good. Glad that club football is back. Who doesn't love club football? It's much better anyway. I'd rather go watch non-league than internationals, boys. Sorry. 
especially after the performance in North Macedonia. We're going to be speaking through the next fixture. That is Crystal Palace at home, a game we're all excited for, as we typically are after an international break. Uh, it's got that sort of extended time of, of previewing the fixture and, and waiting for it to go ahead. We'll start with some Premier League news, news that does impact Luton, and that was Everton's point deduction. They um, were deducted 10 points for breaching financial and, and sustainability rules. Um, we'll start with this in relation to the Palace game, Jamie. Um, of course, if that deduction hadn't come into place, I guess the dynamic of the, of the Palace game changes a little bit. Now we're looking to create a little bit of distance between the relegation places again. Do you think that, in your mind, does that impact how we approach this game? Not in the slightest whatsoever for me. Um, you just, for me, either way, it's a bit of a must-win for Luton. Um, we were third away through the season now. Um, we need to start getting points on the board, regardless of the minus 10. Um both Burnley and Sheffield United are home this weekend in in what are fairly winnable games for them too as well. So they probably ha have the same sort of mindset as we do is in terms of performances may have, may be improving from all three of us, but we we all, all three of us now need to start getting points on the board. I think the Everton minus ten is a bit of a red herring. I think if you asked me two months ago, I would have thought that they were in danger of going down, but Sean Dush done really well to be fair to him. He's, he's turned their performances around and got some good points on the board. And uh, I mean, bar the minus 10, we're, we're looking a, a good way towards being safe. I think Leicester will be safe. I think the, I think they're, they're 10 points better than three teams in this league. Um, so in terms of Palace, we just have to go out there and play it as if that didn't happen. Um, of course, it helps us because if we want teams around us to lose points, then then that 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 happens as well. So, um, yeah, regardless, just 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 need to win this game. Um, if we don't, then yeah, I think it's going to be a tough month ahead in December, given the fixtures. So, three points is is much needed. Really important fixture to to restart the the campaign after after that last international break, Kieran. I heard Jamie mention it there. I've seen it on, on social media as well. The term must win is already been thrown about. What, what do you think about that? Is it a must win game or are we too early in the season to start considering games as, as must win? I think Jamie's put it perfectly already. Like you're a third of the way through the season. And if we'd have said it over the last few games, there's been a few times that like one of us has chucked the phrase must win out and the other one's kind of gone, mm, not, not yet, don't know. Yeah, now it is. Um, you're against a Palace side who we're going to dissect them, we're going to break them down. And I don't think they're that good, I'll be honest. Minus the quality that Eze and Elise have as a team, as a collective, they're not very good. I'll be brutally honest. Um, it's easy for me to say when I've got them in my, in my relegation predictions, but cheers. But more for the Luton side of things, we need points. Like the Everton thing, as fun and games as that would have been to see and go, oh my God, you've just dragged another team into a relegation fight. Jamie said it there. Realistically, are they going to go down? No, based on form at the moment. If anything, that's going to galvanise them to play even better. And I wouldn't be surprised if they still stay up, regardless of the minus 10. If you want to play devil's advocate, that sort of scenario could play in our favour, where that could actually cause a downturn in form for Everton. Is that likely though? 
Probably not. Equally, do we want to be that team that relies on a points deduction to stay up? No. Stay up on our own merit rather than going, oh, but Everton got that dot 10 points. That's the reason we stay up. No, stay up because we're the better team and we're better than three other teams. Simple as. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the response from Everton following following that point deduction. As Jamie and Kieran both alluded to there, they have shown very good form. They are a much better side at the moment than, than when they started the campaign. And yeah, it, it does make things a little bit more full of drama at the, at the bottom end of this Premier League table. But yeah, we're still, as Jamie says, one third of the season um, of the way through of the season, sorry. Let's talk about the injury situation because there was a few bits to dissect over the international break. Um, Alfie Doughty went off injured against Manchester United and I guess with him, there's, well, I guess until until we hear team news, you just really don't know the extent. Um, Chio's another one that, that missed um, international football with Ireland because of a, of a problem that he's got. And then uh, Issa Kabore, uh, the injury he picked up whilst on international duty, three, you know, very, very important players. Do you, I guess, when looking at the situation, Jamie, do you envision that all three will be out? And I know it's quite premature to make predictions about whether a player will be too injured to play or not, but looking at when they hobbled off, like Doughty hobbled off at United, um, Bene as well. Did you think they're injuries that, that will probably last into into this next fixture? I think they're just injuries. Obviously, Bartis, a couple of who come on to, I think Alf, Alfie Doughty and Chia, I think they're injuries that are born out of um, more fatigue than actual injuries. I think Alfie Doughty's been in Dubai with his missus for the last sort of week. Um, Chio, I think for me, is a classic international break injury. You look at Holland was injured for Norway, but I don't think he really is inj- injured. He's just not risking for international games that in the grand scheme of things don't mean too much. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm, I'm 90% positive that at least two of the three names you said will start on Saturday. Um, I think Alfie... He's he's been been in the spa, been in the swimming pool on the beach. I'm sure those muscles will, will loosen a little bit. Chio, I think he's he's just been running loads over over the last sort of couple of months, and he he himself need, needed a few days off. Um, and I think Kabore question mark maybe whether he got concussion in the in, in that little clash he had. Um, I, I don't think you can class it as an injury. It's more of a just a, a clash of heads and and concussion. Um. So it's whether he falls foul of that two-week protocol that 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 that, that they put into place. Um, but no, I'm 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 positive that at least two, two of the three will play on Saturday. I think that I think they'll be fine. I think okay, we've suffered from injuries, but I think our our medical team are good in terms of pulling them out of the, the sort of the firing line when they need that rest. Um, so I think international break came at a perfect time, and hopefully, come. 3pm on Saturday, you, you will see all three of them in the starting lineup. And when you think longer term, Kieran, we've still got lots of important names to welcome back. Obviously, Sambi Lukonga, he's somebody that, that I think when we initially found out about his injury, the, the month of January was, was labelled as the time to expect him back. Jordan Clark obviously came off the bench against Manchester United. You'd think he'd be stepping up his recovery over the last few weeks. Well, last couple of weeks, sorry, since since that United game, 
Um, you've got you've got Mari Bell, you've got Reese Burke that both look to have stepped up their respective recoveries as seen on on uh, socials this week. So it's, it's you know exciting to be able to be in a position where we can welcome important players like that back in the hopefully not so distant future. Yeah, and it makes sort of the squad depth look a lot less concerning. Like the Lokonga injury was the one that immediately had us a bit like, oh, that's not looking good. And to be fair, when you listed out Doughty, Gabore and Obene, as you were asking Jamie that question, my brain was going, who plays right back? And I was like up in the stars a bit like, oh my God, that's not good. Um, but then you mentioned Jordan Clark, so all's well in, all's well in my brain again. Um, it just gives us options. I mean, that's the key thing is options. Like when your squad depth is hindered to injuries, it limits your option. It limits that versatility and more so tactically. Like I mentioned, Clark can play right wing back, but obviously we know him as a sort of a ball player and progressing up the pitch. But if we need him to do a job there, we'll do a job there. But obviously if you have injuries, it limits that opportunity. So for me, yeah, opportunities gives Rob sort of, opportunity to test a bit more as well play a clerk at wing back if he needs to to for the sake of giving a doughty a rest that's the key thing is if we need to rest these players and give them 60 minutes not 90 the versatility comes back now we have the option to then bring in recovery as well as giving players minutes and on the subject of speaking about squad depth there was a transfer rumor that that surfaced this week it was um in regards to Galatasaray defender, I think it was Victor Nelson, um, Danish international, 25 years of age, being um, linked with a loan, a potential loan to, to Luton Town. Do you think the centre-back market is somewhere that will be actively searching come January, Jamie? I, I think we're going to be searching in most markets. I think where we can strengthen our, our sides, we absolutely will. Um Osho has been amazing since he's come back, but we know there's, there's the, the injury qu- uh, question mark. Anderson had a bad injury, but because obviously on and off the table in terms of his, his knee or whatever is is wrong. Um, then on the left, you've got Bell has been injured for a while, and you look a bit light when when you lose Bell on that left on that left side. Potts, let's be honest, probably isn't quite up to scratch. So if we can improve on him then I think we probably should um so yeah it's something that I can see happening whether that's him in particular I'm not sure um but obviously plays at a good level for a good team in Turkey right so he's probably in that ballpark of the players that that we should be looking at there's a few question marks as to whether we can bring him in but the the loan rules is only only two Premier League loans but you can do more loans outside of that I think Burnley have four loans because they've got one from Dortmund and one from, from from somewhere else, I think. So, yeah, I, I think the European loan market is somewhere that would be stupid to, to not to not look at in January because I think there's a lot of a lot of players that come January. I think top top elite teams. If you look at especially in Italy, like sort of your Milan's and your Juventus's, they stockpile young players that are good enough, but they're just in the academies and they keep hold of for six months before learning out for the sort of the, the second half of the season. Um, so that is definitely a market that that we should be looking at because I think that they're they're players that can add either technical quality in terms of sort of a, a, a chong level of ability on the ball or have that that physical 
side of it like like a Nelson that, that does and I think like where, where Potts lacks for me is, is is sort of physically pace and, and height so if if we can get get a tall quick centre half from from sort of mainland Europe then then why not um so yeah I, I, I definitely think this this European loan market is is one to look at if we're going to strengthen in, in January and Kieran, let's turn attention back to the Palace game and, and keeping on Luton for this. What do you expect the game plan to be? Because we've seen Luton be tactical, uh, tactically flexible this season. We've seen us stand off and, and um, you know, counter and, and deploy a rather low block. We've seen us get at teams. You, you look back to, to Wolves is probably the standout one where we pressed high, you know, for, for the entirety of that first half and beyond. Do you think we can expect a similar kind of approach to that Wolves game where we are up in the faces of Palace? We are the ones asking questions with our press and, and you know, really taking this game to, to a Palace side that are sitting wherever they're sitting, 13th, I think it is. Yeah, and I think that is the approach we need. That's the approach we need to adopt when we're at home. Like, there's certain teams like a Liverpool. Obviously, we didn't do that and get in their face. As much. There was times where we did and we were in control for periods of the game. But Palace are a team that you can get at. Like there isn't any they're not a counter-attacking side for me. And I think if you were to flip the script and say if Palace were coming at us, I'd be confident in our defence that we'd keep it solid at the back. Whereas for them, I'm more confident that we break through their defence as opposed to the other way around, as in terms of having us in their faces. So for me, from minute one, we need to probably, um, dare I say, for one time this season, assert dominance, but do something with it. Because at Wolves, we asserted dominance for a lot of that game and we did absolutely naffle with it half the time. This is the change now, is if you apply that same mentality as the Wolves game, you're going to get results if you finish your dinner. That's the missing missing thing is we had everything but the end product that day it felt like we couldn't even hit a barn door and we had to get a penalty to get a draw whereas I think the result will be a lot different on Saturday and Jamie just looking at Palace in a little bit more detail that they sit 13th at the moment 15 points uh, potential to, to be dragged into to the relegation battle but no immediate danger looking at it as it is scored 12 goals conceded 16 um goal scored there in amongst the sort of bottom few teams do you think like sort of the question I posed to Kieran do you think that makes them a team that, that are gettable from the from the get-go similar to, to Wolves where we evidently were told that the players were told to get at them press high force mistakes do you think that's the way we go about this to win or do we sort of deploy that that kind of thinking where we choose the right moments to press to, to sort of appreciate the quality they have I I think they're definitely a team that we can get at and we can sort of going back to that that must win bracket. Okay, yeah, they're on fifteen points, but it's a six pointer so, so far as beat them on Saturday, then then they're only six points ahead and, and, and they're sort of getting dragged back into the battle, right? So that the these sort of games are are important to not let too many teams get get out of the mix because if you do, suddenly if you have five or six teams that are 10 plus points ahead of you, then that, that's really difficult to claw back. Um, so that, yeah, I think in terms of their, their points, you, you, you do need to get them. I see Palace as a, 
a side that keeps it fairly tight and and hits a T1 transition, I think their players are very much that their strengths are transition. I mean, they signed Lerma from Bournemouth and I think his one big strength is in transition box to box. He he, he carries it really well. Um, yeah, in terms of ability up top, Jordan Ayew, Eze, Schlupp, Elise, then the, the two forwards, Mateta and, and Eduard, I think they're all sort of sharp, quick, attacking players in transition. Probably not, bar Eze and Elise, who do have the, the, the quality to, to I guess, penetrate from sort of having the ball. I think the others are a lot better in transition, running and driving at players. Um, so I think we will be aggressive and be front-footed. We just need to be careful to not leave that back door open and, and when and if we lose the ball and, and they turn it over, to, to not be exposed on, on the counter. Because if we do, that they could be lethal, especially with Eze and Elise, who I think Eze in particular, obviously, because he's English, I think he is very close to that England team and probably Elise not too far away from the France um, side either. So, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the back four, I think Anderson and Gay. I mean, Gay plays for England, right? So he, he's got all, all the ability that, that, that he's shown at that level. Anderson as well, Denmark. Um, so two very good centre-half. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think we do need to get a little bit like the Wolves game and I think we've improved a lot more than that. Um, so it'd be good to see. I think if we play that Wolves game again, I think we do win that. I, I think we have we have the quality in that final third, or we we've grown that quality in 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 the final third compared to what we had back then. Uh, and I, I think we win that Wolves game if if we play it again now. So hopefully this is almost our second chance to to sort of right those wrongs and and get the three points. And it would be nice to go in go into the break at half time, sort of one nil up. I mean, I think it'd be a tight game regardless. But if we can go into the break one nil up, that would be huge. And I think. It would be difficult. I think we're a great side when we're up in the lead. Obviously, Liverpool pegged us back with equaliser, but that's the side of Liverpool's ability. And I think if if we go one nil up, I think we're very difficult to break down. Um, so yeah, I, I just hope that 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 we can start strong and and, and sort of right those wrongs of the rules game. And Kieran, going back to what Jamie was saying there about, about the attacking contributions and, and sort of the key personnel that, that Palace have going forward, it's very, very difficult to look past the, the duo he mentioned, Eze and, and Elise, but both of them are, are recently returning from spells on the sideline. Uh, Eze's played a couple of games, I think, off the bench, uh, the last sort of two games before the international break. Elise, I think, just the one. Do you think with both obviously still in sort of the more advanced stages, but in recovery, does it, does Kenworth Road, um, is Kenworth Road a destination where it's difficult to come to when you're trying to, trying to rediscover form and fitness? It's difficult for any player. I mean, I forgot Mo Salah even turned up a few weeks ago. So if Mo Salah's struggling, I don't think Olise and Eze are going to have an easy sort of walk in the park in that sense, recovery or not. I think you could use that as a reason for them not necessarily performing well. But I think when you, they've had the whole international break off, like their recovery's gone at this point. They're done. They'll be starting on the weekend, I can fully imagine. Um, it's just, like I said about Liverpool, the one thing that we did so well was your Nunes, your Jota, your Salah, just frustrated them. Just didn't give them the space that they're used to and put them under pressure when a lot of players don't like 
it was quite a few times Salah, even though I've said that about Nunes and Jota, Salah was allowed to have the ball almost. Like we almost kind of went, there you go. And he kind of was like, oh, all right, now what do I do? Because then instead we kept our shape rather than forcing ourselves to go and press it. We were like, yeah, you can have the ball if you want. And we kept the shape. And then because we kept the shape, he had no one to pass to. So that's why he was getting frustrated. So it's the same thing with Eze, same thing with Elise. Block off the channels they want to pass into, block off their target men, and they're just going to stand there like a headless chicken and be like, where do we go from here? Frustrate them. It's just, That's the key thing. When you come up against these elite-level players, whether it's for a Palace or Chelsea or whoever, frustrating. That's all you got to do is put them off their game because teams like Palace do rely on those world-class performances from these players. And if they don't get them, the quality isn't necessarily going to come from a Jeffrey Schlupp or another player, or at least they're going to find it harder to find that level. So if you take that level out of that player just by frustrating them and putting them off their game, that's one battle already won. Stick with you, Kieran. 76-year-old Roy Hodgson comes to Kenilworth Road. <laughs> Are you a fan of Roy Hodgson? I just think he's a dinosaur of football. As a football coach myself, he's just... I'm going to turn the tide, actually. I was having this conversation with my dad after United and stuff, and it's the same stance I had at the start of the season, and it's why I put them in my relegation candidate, is if you have a progressive manager in Patrick Vieira, you've given time to, he's not done a bad job, he's brought in really good players, and then you sack him in January... The idea of having Hodgson between January and May as an interim manager whilst you find your long-term manager makes perfect sense. And no one would argue with that. But they got to May and went, hmm, well, we've stayed up again. Hmm, let's give him an extension and let's keep him as permanent manager. That just screams laziness to me. And in history in the Premier League, you've seen a lot of teams... They scrape by, they scrape by, and then the one season they get lazy, bang, they're gone. And this is what I kind of I feel sorry for Palace fans a little bit, and that's the angle I'm coming at. It's not because I have this passionate hatred for Crystal Palace or the fact that Roy Hodgson just so happens to be a down the M1 idiot. Just why would you why would you do that? Like, why would you market yourself as such a progressive football team and a progressive football club? And then you hire this dinosaur of football. Like, those sorts of managers, they their time is done. That time of football is gone. These are the sorts of managers that look at football and they treat it like old people treat technology, where they stare at a computer and go, oh, bloody hell, I don't know how to use that. But they've never tried to evolve and adapt with the times. Roy Hodgson screams that sort of manager. And like I said, if you're complacent for too long in this league, dun, 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 you're going to slowly drop. He doesn't scream the kind of play. You saw his comments about academy players. And yeah, he retracted them afterwards. Shock, because he got called out on them. Donkey. But comments on academy players. Do you trust that man to then bring in the next generation of player for Crystal Palace? No. Look at what Vieira did. Bought in Decore, bought in Elise, bought in Eze. These are the sorts of players that Vieira was nurturing in his management and bringing in that calibre of player, that sort of, don't want to use the term wonder kid, but you kind of get the gist if I use that term. 
Paul Hodgson ain't bringing in no wonder kids. He's going to bring in another 10 Joel Wards, probably. And yeah, he's a Palace stalwart, but you get the gist. Like, I just, it's why I've got him in my bottom three, and that might be quite rash for this season. But you, you've got to be bored of finishing 12th every year or 13th or 14th every year. That must stink. Like, yeah, you're in the Premier League. Great. But you're not having any any success anywhere else. That's bloody boring. What a miserable life. Christ. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jamie, but I don't think I don't think Kieran has a liking towards Roy Hodgson after that. Do you think? I, I, thought, I, 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 I thought he was very positive about Hodgson, to be honest. <laughs> no, I, I mean... That's another two, three minutes past. Uh, Cheers, Kieran. I, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I, I mean, Kieran mentioned his stint at the club down the road. I mean, I'm quite fond of his time at, at Watford, to be honest. I think it was full of memes. And I guess the one I remember vividly was was the time that he lost at Palace with Watford and started doing a lap of honour at Sellers Park <laughs> and started clapping the Palace fans. I forgot all but, about that. Not that going is... there and losing with Watford. And he had them absolutely raging. Um, the best thing about that, actually, and I remember it so vividly because... They'd just been relegated, hadn't they? I think so. so they were so already down to, yeah. going into that game. And it was just like icing on the cake, <laughs> rubbing salt in the wound. And he's gone to his former club. He's just like, yeah, love you lot. Yeah, mwah, mwah, love you. Looks at the Watford fans and goes, oh. Yeah. Love it. So cheers for the memories, Roy. <laughs> it, 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 it was amazing. Thank you, mate. He'll be going longer than Warnock, mate. Warnock's going to... Like, Roy Hodgson will retire probably in his 80s and Warnock's going to look at that and go, I've got a few more years left, Sandra. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Battle of the Titans. Let's go on to some score predictions for Saturday's game. And I'll start with you, Jamie. I'm going to go along the lines of what I was in, implying earlier on I think we're going to go into half time 1-0 and see it out the whole way so I'm going to go 1-0 Luton What about you Kim? Same vibes but I'm going to be a bit more optimistic than Jamie I think I'm going to go with 2-1 and we'll go 2-0 up as well and the consolation goal just adds a bit of drama because when there's Kenny there's drama so 2-1 not underestimate, underestimating Palace at all, because I still do think they're a very good side. But I'm going to make it three wins from three. And I'm going to go I'm going to go one better than both of you. I'm going to go 2-0. Um, I think Saturday's got the potential to be a really, really good day for us Luton fans. And, and you think of recent performances, well, I think they weren't more than one point from two games. So I'm going to go 2-0. And hopefully... Hopefully one of us are right and we're talking about three points come Sunday's pod. We're going to head in to a short break, but when we're back, we are going to go through five guest the players. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. 
there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are back for part two of today's episode and we're going to have a little game of Guess the Player. I'll be, well, we've got five players in question, past, present. Um, I was going to say future, future. but that's not <laughs> whatsoever. Um, past or present players um, that wore the club's colours. I'm going to give you their first club. And you can guess from that point who I'm talking about. And then I'll continue to give you their clubs. Um, if you get it on your first try, you get five points. If you get a second try, four, so on, up until one point. And then every club past that, it is one point. Of course, if you want to play along at home, pause it after every one. See how you do. Keep your points tallied. If you do better than Jamie and Kieran, Please let us know because it'll be quite funny. When you do better than Let's me and Kieran, go. not if, when. <laughs> hey, well, speak for yourself, big man. So we are going to go for player number one. And it, the, the first club I'm going to give you is Newcastle United. Any guesses after that? I'm not going to guess on this no, one. No, me either. Okay. Moving on to the second club. This was a loan spell at Carlisle United. Alex Gilead. Four points to Jamie Castle. Fair yeah. play. That is a good start. That is a very good start. We'll go on to player number two. Um, and it's just loading so uh forgive me mark so for the second player we're starting with a player that actually began their career at luton town between 2003 and 2012. wow so is there any guesses based on that oh three to 2012 so they would have left third season of non-league mm. then Mm. Keith Keane five points yeah. Kieran Robertson five four that's, that's a good start Kieran's favourite player have I, made this? <laughs> have I made this a little bit too easy um, we'll get straight in with the third with the third player again um, these are players could be past could be present We'll start with Germinal Beershot as the first club of this player. Oh, God. Any guesses after that first club? Are they a German team? I think they're Belgian. Um, I'm not going to tell you, just on the on the fact that I don't, I just don't want another five or four pointer. I, I want to see you struggle. I think they're Belgian or Dutch. They're definitely not Dutch. Okay, pass. Yeah, okay. likewise. Ready to hear the second team? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
O.H. Leuven. So, oh, my so, word. So, they're definitely Belgian. Yeah. Belgian. Was it someone like uh, John-Louis Valois? Obviously, I think he's French, right? But he m- may have gone to gone to Belgium. No, no. So, that is Jamie out of that round until we hear the next team. Kieran, oh, was, any, oh, so it's like a it, it's like a one life thing. I, I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh fucking hell. Okay. You learn on <laughs> you learn on the job, mate. You learn on the job. Oh, oh but they guessed um, only that. Pass. Okay, so Jamie is back in, and we're playing for three points here. And elect. Oh my word! Some Belgian journeyman going on here. What pains, me is, what pains me is it's going to be so bloody yeah, obvious. As probably well. fairly annoying. obvious. Three Belgian clubs. Um, oh, for God's sake, Thomas Kaminsky. Kaminsky yeah. Thomas Kaminsky yeah. is the correct answer. I was going from my head like, what Belgian players have we had? We haven't, haven't, we haven't got any. And no, yeah, shit, Kaminsky. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was exactly my thought. I was like, wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> So is that eight four to Kieran? Uh, they, Kieran they, was five four up. You gave two clubs, so that was three points at that, that that last one, wasn't it? I was, I was because yeah. Oh yeah, Keith Keane was his first, his first club. Yeah, okay, fine, eight four. <clears throat> uh, eight four. Okay, moving on. Yeah, so we'll move on to the next player with Kieran being. Um, Four points ahead, eight four. So the first player here, Lincoln City. I love the immediate silence when there's just so many players no. evidently going through the heads Past. of both of you. Any guesses, Kevin? No, pass. We'll move on to Newcastle United. Lincoln to Newcastle. Lincoln to Newcastle. Okay. Then we'll go on. Do you know what? I'll, I'll be nice with this one because it's, it's quite difficult. So I'll I'll give you the next next three, but this will all be within the three point bracket. Because yeah. okay. it is a day. So, so there's Bristol City, went on to Bristol City, Birmingham City, and then joined Luton Town and represented the club between 1984 and 1990. <laughs> That's hell, mate. No wonder we're struggling with it. Not even born. So that is Lincoln, Newcastle, even out Bristol City, Birmingham, and then between 1984 and 1990. Played for Luton Town. So we'd have been in the Cotman inside. Where's my dad when you need him? Christ. Means we could both take a punt at like a starting 11 player from the Little Woods Cup here. And yeah, I'm going to go for someone like a Lesseedy. Okay, that is wrong. Okay. Kieran. I feel like the ro- like oh, I'm trying to think of like a rogue answer, like a Danny Wilson or something. 
it's not Danny Wilson. So the next move was to Derby County from Luton. Didn't Mickey Arthur go to Derby? You lo- are you locking in, Mick Harper? Yeah, I'll, I'll go for it, yeah. Correct, <laughs> Mick Harford. Mick Harford. I didn't know I started it. No, no idea it was Lincoln. Newcastle makes sense, could given he's, he's a Sunderland boy, but yeah. It was the second that you said Birmingham and then went Mickey Harford, I went, fuck. It <laughs> <laughs> just like the link just mm. connected in my head then, like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, in, in my head, I don't think I would have got it until Derby. Mm. I think that's where that's when it would have connected. Even then, I was still a bit stumped, if I'm honest. But for, for me, hesitant. Yeah. I, I don't want to look like an absolute like dickhead, so I, I, I was a bit like, "Oh, I'm sure we went to Derby." But equally, equally like, looking like a dickhead. We weren't even out of the womb at that point, so I think we can be excused for. Oh, I didn't realize that McArthur played for Lincoln City in the eighties. Yeah, I think the, I think the first, the, the first one's fair, but I think we probably should have got that he played for Derby after Leon, given he's a legend. Give or take. Okay, so is that 8-6? Mm-hmm. Is that two points for Jamie mm-hmm. there? Okay, into the fifth and final player. We're starting at West Ham United. Penny Malcolm Panzu. No, Kieran. Pick's one of the several West Ham players. I have like four players in my head. Oh, that's annoying. I mean, I'll just throw one out there. I'll go with Ollie Lee. Well done. For fuck's sake. <laughs> well done. That is genuinely. I was like Ollie Lee, Elliot Lee, George Moncur, and Dan Potts all floating in my head. And I was like, I need to pick one wisely because the next club will be obvious. Yeah. Well. To be fair, it's quite difficult because then there was loan spells at Dagenham, Redbridge and Gillingham. Then a move to Barnet. Then a loan from there to Birmingham City. Then a permanent move to Birmingham City. Loan to Plymouth. Yeah. Oh my God. He was well-travelled before uh, he's he's Luton Town. uh, I'm glad I guessed that right because I would not have got that. I think maybe when you mentioned Jills, I might have. But yeah. Yeah, so to be fair, there were some difficult ones in there that I thought you'd struggle with, but you got quite easily. Um, yeah, I'd say you've done well. Everybody else doing this at home, let us know how you've done. If you enjoy games like this as well, let us know. We'll try and do more. We've, we've done a couple of different things now the last couple of weeks. Uh, always trying out new little games to try and make Jamie and Kieran look like the mugs they are. And I, uh, but that is, and I think the one thing we've learned, Bill, is that Paul Molly isn't the best barometer of how tough a, a quiz question is. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Paul. I'll test it all on, on, on my, yeah. I'll test it all with my dad first, and yeah, <laughs> see if it passes the test. Um, I won't be doing that again. That is for sure. <laughs> well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining, and a big thank you to everybody watching or listening at home of course Saturday 3pm Luton Town return to Premier League action against Crystal Palace 
I cannot wait. Should be another fantastic occasion. Until the uh, post-game reaction and analysis, it is goodbye from us. And we will speak to you then. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.